McMonagle coming at you here on this, what is it, Wednesday morning. That's right. I get my days confused. Get over it. I got you for three hours at 877-337-6666 to the warm-up show at 5. Fliegeman on the other side. And our normal, we'll be back to five hours tomorrow, but our normal or usual three hours tonight on the fan. 877-337-6666. Oh, what a rivalry it is. You know, what a rivalry it is, that Knicks-Nets boy. Woo! I tell you. You know, I, I got a lot of flack on Twitter yesterday downplaying the rivalry. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can't tell me that this is any kind of rivalry when you watch the games and the Knicks go into that building and it's Madison Square Garden too. You got MVP chance for Brunson in the second quarter. It's not the first. Don't tell me, oh, it's at the end of the game. You know, the end of the game was exciting. The whole game, it sounds like they're at Madison Square Garden. The end of the game, it's you. I'm you can't have a rivalry. I hate to downplay it because it was a good win for the Knicks. They do what they do and beat a bad team. They're now 19 and 0 this year against bad teams, against teams under 500. 19 and 0, which is, a, you know, it's one of the signs of a good team beating the teams you're supposed to beat. And the Knicks are doing it at a perfect clip, which is about as much as you could ask. But when you go into this rivalry that we like to call it, and we get all hyped up, and yesterday I'm getting all kinds of flack that I'm downplaying the uh, the Nick Net thing. There is no Nick Net thing. It's fun. I saw I saw you know Evan at the game and Lugie's there, and it's fun. You get into it when you're there. Don't get me wrong. And plus, I love right now love watching the way the Knicks play basketball. But watching, I mean, watching the game, I thought they were at the Garden. I mean, the, the, down the stretch of an exciting basketball game that yet again, the Knicks get off to a, you know, a sloppy start. And the one thing, and we've talked about how the Ananubi trade has made this team complete in many ways and how it's improved almost everything. And for me, it's been a big part that it's improved it almost immediately. Like the second he came in that first game against Minnesota, it felt different right away. Everybody's everybody's role seemed to crystallize and be exactly what you needed to be. And the team took off, no doubt, where to the point now, again, what, what are they, they've won four in a row. They've been on a roll here. Again, 19-0 and against 500 teams or under, and they've been playing great. The one thing that's actually gotten worse is turnovers. Since the trade, they, are the wor- they, get, they have the most turnovers in the NBA, and they are sloppy at times, and they throw the ball away. It's almost like they know they can recover because that's the other part of this is their ability to come back in games, especially against teams, as we said. I know it's a broken record. I've said it three times in the first five minutes. Against teams under 500, their ability to come back, I never, ever. You know what? That's not fair. Going into the fourth quarter up nine, I wasn't concerned about this game. Down nine, excuse me, for the Knicks. I was never concerned about this game, especially the fact that they blew. Uh, they, they were outscored in the fourth quarter against the Clippers, the Nets, 41-15. to 15, 
and blew a fourth quarter lead. I mean, that's what the Nets have done this year. Uh, they've been awful. So at no point in that did I was I nervous going into the fourth quarter down nine because I felt like this is what the Knicks do. It's kind of what the Nets do. It's what the Knicks do. The Knicks beat bad teams. The Nets are a bad team. The Knicks come from behind against bad teams. The, Net, the Nets blow leads in the fourth quarter. So I had no doubt. There was one stretch where Ananubi, uh, OG went back and had two straight baskets, and the Nets responded both times to keep the lead at eight. And I thought, okay. I was maybe eight minutes left in the quarter, and I'm thinking, all right, this is the first time that it seems like the Knicks have, you know, duck, uh, you know, got into the lead a little bit, knocked it down to six twice, and the Nets responded both times. So I had a little bit of a, hey, maybe this is the Nets' night, but ultimately, never really was that worried about the game. The Knicks, a sloppy start to the game, but end up coming down the stretch, and here we go again. Look at the box score. Who's got thirty? Brunson and Randall. These guys are carrying the team. They're doing an incredible job. Randall down the stretch. And it, you know, it wasn't just them because we talked about the depth of this team, which still, as you know, the Heat add Rogier, uh, and there's uh, you know, it's time to make a move for the for the Knicks. You look at the depth of this team, and we talked about the 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 guard position and how they need someone to come in and be that offense and run that second unit. And to me, that is still the need. For me, that's the need watching this team. They said it on the broadcast. Like it's if you don't have if Brunson or Randall or or both are off the court, you know, yeah, DiVincenzo's shooting the ball really well. Yes, uh, you know, OG showed and has showed at times here since the trade. He can get to the basket, he can shoot the corner three, but he's not the go-to get a basket guy. The Knicks don't have that guy to go get a basket. DiVincenzo can shoot, but he needs to be set up by his teammates. Uh, and uh, OG can get to the basket, but I wouldn't call him a scorer necessarily. He's, uh, you know, he could do it at times and he can hit the corner three, but I don't look at him as someone where the offense can run through him as a focal point and score the basket. And I don't see either Grimes or McBride being that guy, even though, you know, McBride was a little bit more efficient in this game than he's been the last couple. But they need that guy because. To me, even though the depth at the at uh, at center and the five and the you know the the rim defender, we actually saw you know Sims step up earlier in this game, and you know he was the one in the first quarter kind of holding it together. He had he had four blocks in this game. He had a couple of putbacks. You know he played pretty well. And then you get to uh, Achua. Achua has nine rebounds in this game coming off the bench. Like he had moments in, in that fourth quarter where you know he was integral to to getting back into that game and end up winning the game. I mean, they they do have some depth there. Plus, I don't know how long the the Hartenstein injury is going to have him sidelined for. He's clearly a player that has emerged since Mitchell Robinson went down, and you're kind of expecting Mitchell Robinson to come back. So for me, you definitely need the Knicks as you watch it. And yes, they beat 19 19 and 0 against under 500 teams. But that means that they are eight and seventeen against teams over five hundred. Eight and seventeen, and that's where we're going to find out about this team. They have proven that they can beat the teams that they should beat. They prove and have proven, especially since this trade, that they are one of the clear-cut best teams in the Eastern Conference. That they are going to be a playoff team, not a play-in team, and they are going to be a top five, top six for sure, seed in this conference, and they are a legitimate threat. I think they need the depth, but they've proven that. Can they beat the better teams in this conference? And now Miami's gotten better, and they have Denver and Miami over the next two nights. 
over the next two games, excuse me, Thursday and Saturday. This is going to be the test for the Knicks because we know what they can do. And what they can do is dominate in that team. And what they can do is make plays like they did, and Brunson's calling it the play of the year, where in the fourth quarter, game on the line, even with the uh, with uh, being depleted with Hardenstein and, and, and you know out of the lineup and dealing with Achua and dealing with uh, you know Sims playing major minutes in this game, but they have multiple blocks at the rim. Uh, Hart makes the the lead pass to to Randall, who throws it to Brunson, back to Randall for the dunk, which kind of solidified winning this game, and it was a a, a huge play. Brunson called it the play of the year so far in a game where, listen, you want to win against the Nets. I'm not saying you don't want to win. I'm just saying if you look at this rivalry, right, it's for a long stretch. I guess it was a bit of a rivalry when the when the if the Nets are really good and dangerous, maybe. But if the Nets are the team they are now, like when the Nets had the big three and they're really a bigger story nationally than they even are locally, which is very rare. I remember going through it thinking, I don't know how many times we have had a team in this city that is a bigger deal nationally than it is locally. And that's kind of what it was with the Nets. I mean, they were talked about more on ESPN and like they were the team, almost the biggest team in the NBA and certainly more you know big and popular than the Knicks. But then you would listen to the fan or you would watch SNY or you would be here in New York and the Knicks were still the story but nationally, ESPN-wise, Woj, Stephen A. Smith, you know, they're talking about the Nets and those three. So maybe for a brief moment, but it's kind of also been a rivalry that's dominated by stretches. It's almost like uh, the 1970s and 80s uh, MLB All-Star game, where it's like a long stretch. It's like nine straight games, the Nets win. Now it's uh, four straight games, the Knicks win. Like, it's very rarely back and forth. It always seems to be one team's clearly better than the other, but you watched that game last night. I'm sorry. I don't want to downplay that. Like, and that's, that's a Nick game last night. I, Evan was the only – I mean, it's, it's 50-50 at best in the crowd last night. And it was awesome to watch as a Knicks fan. It was, watch the, it was awesome to have them come back into this game. But still the same issues that I have – or the same concerns, should I say, that I have about the Knicks, nothing changed my mind in this game because they did what they do. The negative, they're sloppy and get off to slow starts. The positives, they have Brunson and Randall who drop 30 almost every night and carry the team and come through in every big moment that they need to. They beat bad teams, and they come back in the fourth quarter and, and are never out of a game, especially against teams they're better than. This is what happens. The depth steps up, plays well. They're coached extremely well. The guys, you know, Achua and Sims and guys like that who need to step up, step up, make the play here or there, get the rebound. Achua is actually the best plus minus on the, the court last night. He's a plus 13. That's the best on the Knicks. I mean, they do what they do. And right now, every single, every single piece fits. And they're just missing a couple. They need a couple role players. And I, I, I believe that obviously they have some weapons and they, uh, they have some pieces to go out and get it. I mean, Lowry is a buyout option. That's a, a name that has been uh, bandied about. That could be a, an option for the Knicks. And, uh, and apparently, uh, you know, there's a chance the Knicks, they still have one of their two exe uh, exemptions or whatever it's called. So they could actually give more money than a lot of teams in the NBA for buyouts. And I, I don't know, I, I don't know if, I, if, if that makes sense to me. I'd much rather go out and trade for Brogdon. Uh, even Jackson from Utah, like different guys like that, that could come in and be this that leader of the second unit. But that's clearly what they need. So last night was a great win. They continue to do what they do. They do it better than almost any team in the NBA. They're undefeated against teams they should be better than. And that's what good teams do. But ultimately, they're going to get tested as the season goes along. And then as they hit the playoffs, clearly, as, you know, 
we're we're obviously seeing the the Bucks fire their head coach. It looks like they're going to hire Doc Rivers, so that should help the Knicks in the postseason because God knows Doc Rivers in the postseason is an absolute disaster. So that should help the Bucks lose a series, and although that's not official. But the Heat just got better. We know what the Celtics are. We know what Embiid is scoring 70 points last last night uh, or the other night. And tell me again, remember when, when the rumors were swirling around Embiid becoming a Nick and, and nobody wanted it? And I was the only guy going, listen, I don't love it, but geez, if you can get a superstar, you got to get it. No, nobody, it wasn't a good fit. It wasn't a good fit. I would think 70 points from Embiid would look pretty good on the Knicks right now. But you know how good Philadelphia is, and you know what they're going to be. They're going to be tested, and they're not going to be able to ride Brunson and Randall every single game. You can't have you can't have games like this over and over again where you need thirty from both of them to beat the Nets. Like that, it has to be easier than this. Now again, it's been easy at times. They've had their blowouts, and still, I mean, it's amazing to me that you know they they're up twenty five points against Toronto the other night, and and Randall still on, and and Brunson still on the court with four minutes left, and uh, with two minutes left, like th- we they have to be able to find baskets when those guys are off the court. They have to be able to beat a lousy Nets team, beat a lousy Toronto team, beat some of the lesser teams, which they're doing you know, extremely well, but they've got to figure out a way to do it without needing all the minutes, without needing 37 minutes from Randall, without needing 36 minutes from Brunson, and without needing 30 points from both of them. They have to find a way, and as the trade deadline looms, they have to figure out a way to get that second leader of that second, that, that leader of that second unit, and figure out who can they go to to get a basket and to facilitate the other guys who can get baskets, but they can't do it on their own. And I just, I'm sorry, I don't, I, I would love to give them more time, but I'm looking to actually win with the Knicks. I would love to see, you know, if, if, if McBride can be that guy, but I just don't see it. And we need, like, this is not a year you just go, oh, a developmental year for McBride, for Deuce. Like, you got, this is a year the Knicks can go win. So that's number one. And as you move past these, you know, bad teams you're going to beat, and now you've got real tests on Thursday night and on Saturday night against Denver and Miami, we'll see who the Knicks are. But right now it is fun to watch. They are clearly one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Watching them play basketball is a joy, which is something we haven't been able to say for a long time. They fit together perfectly. Guys step up. They're never out of games. You know, Brunson and Randall are are getting MVP chants in opposing arenas. Like, it is just, it's about as good as it could possibly be to be a Knicks fan right now. It is as good as it can possibly be. And, you know, it's just, it's so much fun to watch. And they are, and everything is, it fits like a glove, this team. And they're all just, you know, they're past. And we, we I, as I'm watching Woj right now on the TV, and if you heard him yesterday, the Knicks are past moving on, trying to get a big time player. Like, you're, you're not getting him. Just forget about it. Mitchell's not coming here. You know, it's just not going to happen. They are looking for role players to solidify this team. And they have enough. They have the Fournier exp- uh, contract, expiring contract. They have some pieces. They could still make a move for a Brogdon or a player like that, bring him in here, lead that second team, and still be able to go big game hunting in the offseason. It's not for this season. It's for next season. But they still can make that move to solidify this team, and that's what they have to do. 
They absolutely have to do it. And they have to get cleaner with the basketball. That's the one thing since the OG trade. They lead the NBA in turnovers since the OG trade. They have to get cleaner with the basketball so they don't have to have these come-from-behind wins. But, I mean, you watched the excitement this team brings and the way they were able to close out this game. And what they were, they missed one foul shot on the night. They shot 35%, 34% from the three-point line. And, and you know, Brunson was the real. Brunson, two for, two for seven. Steven Chinzo didn't have a great night, three for eight. But they get re- Achua gets nine rebounds from the bench. I mean, guys step up. Guys step up. They never out of the game, come from behind. Role players know their role. The team fits like a glove. They need that second scorer so that the story of this season isn't 19-0 against bad teams. It's how well they play against good teams. 877-337-6666. And, yeah, I'm sorry. It's no rivalry. There is no rivalry. What other, where would you, where could you, I, I'm, I, I don't care. I guess if, if you're talking about the end of September and the Yankees have 100 wins and the Mets are out of it, maybe, maybe City Field would sound a little bit like that or even vice versa, maybe at the end of a long baseball season, halfway through a season, what other rivalry in this town can you go to and hear the opposing building in that much of the favor of the road team? I mean, let's be honest. I'm sorry. That's the, the epitome of a rivalry is the fan base. It's not there. That building was a Nick show last night. That was a Nick game. And everybody left happy, except Evan Roberts. 877-337-6666. So let's talk some Knicks. We'll get into the Baseball Hall of Fame. And you know, if you've listened to me over the last week or so, I have a major gripe with the Hall of Fame. And the more I think about it, a player that got in is less deserving than a player that went home and is off the ballot. So we'll get to that. The Rangers blow a two-goal lead in the third period. That pissed me off as I was watching the game. They lose in overtime. And they're they're starting to make me nervous, too, about it. You want to talk about a winning team, a first-place team, a team that we all thought was going to be the next team to bring us a championship. Starting to get a little worried about the Rangers. They blow a two-goal lead, give up a point, lose in overtime. Made me angry. So we'll get to that. The w, uh, WWE, my secondary favorite subject besides sports these days, made big news. We'll get to all of it. 